0: say the music Explorers podcast all right welcome to say sure the music sports podcast i'm jim jam as always i'm scoop Magoot, and uh we have broken out uh the molly and the glow sticks <laughs> and uh, we are getting ready for a night on the club, except that it's Labor Day, and we're all nursing hangovers, except for me, um, and probably you too, I'm assuming. I was going to say, you're,
1: you're describing very different... You know, I mean, I, I'm drinking a hard cider, and I'm planning on doing more... Of my desk job after this, so this is <laughs> so we're not we're not really the the you know the target audience for the music we're going to talk about today, but we certainly certainly enjoy it, which is why we're talking about it.
0: Yes, yeah, uh, we just won't be if,
1: enjoying it at the club. That's all.
0: Yeah, exactly. If it isn't already obvious, we're talking about uh, EDM, electronic dance music, which is um, something I think we're both familiar with to a certain degree, but I think there are. N- I mean, at least for me, there are numerous blind spots, uh, within it. Um, and, uh, we're kind of bringing back our old, uh, genre exploration series thing, thing thingamaboob. Um, we haven't done one of these in a long time. I think our last one was ambient and that was either last year or the year before
1: even. it was quite a while ago. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I, I, I think it was last year. Um, yeah, I, but anyway, um yeah i mean this has been a long time coming we've been kind of or i mean at least in my mind i've been like kind of bouncing this thing around a little bit and um yeah so we just basically uh if people aren't familiar with how these go we have pretty much kind of like split off separately and spent the last week kind of doing our own little research trying to pick out uh, a few albums to listen to um, that we don't really know a ton about or you know in a style we don't really know about and um, We kind of come back here and report our findings. Um, I have gone insane before with some of these uh, You know, I've listened upwards of like 12 albums before <laughs> uh, You know, but we, we each kind of have our own different philosophy for uh, listening to these things, and I, I think maybe we should probably start there is um, you know sort of just what we were thinking going into it, and sort of that uh, you know th- thoughts around our selections, not necessarily about the selections
1: yeah, I think EDM is one of those you know it's it's a genre tag that makes a lot of sense, but also is not super helpful because I, I think that. <laughs> It, it, I mean, it, it's very, you know, electronic dance music. It's electronic music that you can yeah. easily dance to. But I think today, when you hear EDM, you think of like Avicii, or like Tiesto. You think of like the big DJs making like, you know, the loud bangers that you, people dance at. Yeah, it, um, that, Oh, w- w- what's this? Uh, Steve Aoki? Oh yeah, him too. Yeah. But obviously, it's a it's a much broader genre than that. You know, basically, it's you know, it's any type of electronic, I mean, typically pop-oriented music, but maybe not specifically, that you can dance to. And it doesn't have to be those big club bangers. It can be something more subtle, something a little bit more experimental. And uh, the main philosophy I've taken with this segment that I think has continued to work well, and I think it worked really well for for this specific episode, is just looking back at each decade. So you've got to rate your Mm. music. And I try to pick the highest-rated, you know, As they classify EDM for that decade and listen to that, unless obviously, you know, um, in the past, there have been some decades where I have listened to most of the top albums and I have to get a little bit more creative. And there's one specific element starting in, especially, it was especially prevalent in the 90s and the 2000s, which, you know, we'll talk about when we get there, but that made it a little bit more difficult to pick a release. And I feel like maybe you might be able to guess why that was but we'll we'll get there um but i think that it was very interesting and informative to take that approach especially for this episode because i feel like dance music is very much a story i mean not to simplify it too much it's a story from basically of electron electronifying disco like to me like like edm is kind of just I mean, it starts with people like Giorgio Moroder and, uh, like, you know, I Feel Love with Donna Summers, you know. Basically, that's the story of it,
0: to me, at least. And that, yeah. that's, again, I, a super you know, oversimplification, I, I, but... I, yeah, but I, I don't think you're wrong, though, at the same time. Like, that, that is really where it started. I mean, I you know, it's not to say that people haven't danced to music before because, I I mean, arguably that was kind of perhaps the start of music as a whole, but... You know, in, in this context, yeah, I feel like Disco is, like, the first time where sort of the technology was, like, kind of in that, like, sweet spot. You know, where it became more of a, you, you know, a distinct thing. Um, but, yeah, yeah. So, so, anyway, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that... Um, not in not really... Because I, I think the story of Death Metal is very obviously... Let's play heavier and faster and more technical. And obviously, you know, like you have different subgenres that splinter off from there. Yeah. When you when you look at the, the general trajectory, that's what bands have tried to do over time. And obviously, you know, EDM isn't as simple as you know, people say you just click a button on a laptop and a song pops out. Like uh. obviously, that's a that's a dumb
0: oversimplification. E- you know, EDM it, it, is like it, it, it's 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 like the Kingdom Hearts plot line, um, put into music is the best way to describe it, is that it's completely convoluted. And anybody who says they can make any sense out of it is wrong.
1: (laughs) Because, yeah, and the problem I have with people, I mean, yeah, in general, dance music, you know, is relatively simple when you look at the bare components. However, what works as a dance song, what works as like a dance pop hit is so complicated. Like, or rather oh, yeah. it's, not, it's not nearly as simple as people make it out to be like yeah you can create a simple dance beat and it works but you know, what grabs people's attention you know, what, what works in the club what works on the radio which obviously you know, we, don't, we don't fixate on commercial appeal on this podcast for obvious reasons but it's an element you know, it's, it's mm. a part of this style because that's very much this music is very much even if it's not created for the clubs and radio it, that's where it ends up living a lot of the time so I I just, I don't think even as simple as the music might be, creating something that works and that clicks with people is just, it's not that easy. Um, I, mean, I,
0: I was just talking more about just how just the genre tags themselves within sort of the EDM umbrella. Oh yeah, like absolutely. If, if you go and write your music, it is, it is a novel. Like it is not a fun novel because like, I, I, at least with like, you know i don't know something like the wheel of time which is like you know like 12 13 books you know i, I at, at least like you can sort of follow the plot yeah. <laughs> like the, this isn't this isn't one of those cases that this is like you know just learning french and then trying to read like remembrance of things past <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's nuts um but I did. You already mention that yeah. You you kind of do uh, decades. I think you did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So depending um, for so, some genres, I've been able to go back. Uh, actually, maybe not. I think typically that you know that seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, twenty. Obviously, there wasn't a lot of EDM going on in the sixties. You know, surprise. You know, <laughs> that might surprise you. Um, but, Frank Sinatra is my favorite club DJ. Um, I think I did have a for our ambient episode. I think I might have fa- found like a a psych rock album that technically was ambient. I, I forget, but typically, yeah, yeah. it's been seventies to now because I, I think the the music we talk about as we as we think of it now really started in the seventies. I mean, again, oversimplification, but at least the music I listen to doesn't usually verge past the sixties, which is something I've tried to fix, but. You know, yeah. In, in any case, I'm excited to talk about these five albums because I do think they very... Each of them does very succinctly encapsulate what was going on with dance music at the time. So,
0: yeah, I I think you know, me personally going into it, I, I I'm I'm kind of wishing I, I had done what you did and just kind of used uh, the decades as a framework. My idea was to try to get um, you know kind of kind of cover all my bases, as it were, you know, while also sort of giving myself uh, kind of a history lesson. And, uh, you know, uh, spoiler alert, I failed on both fronts, like, just <laughs> miserably. Like, this was a difficult episode to research oh, really? for after a while. Yeah, because I... So, I mean, I, I have a couple of intro notes, even, just because I felt like that it was necessary. I think first thing is, um, I mean, obvious, uh, obvious pointing out, obvious fact is obvious. A lot of EDM is meant for the dance floor. <laughs> and so uh, I think as a result, we're not really getting as historical, uh, you know, or as, like uh, sort of a snapshot as we could have, because I think a lot of this, you know, a lot of this umbrella genres, you know, best work and most iconic work and most like essential work is found in singles and DJ mixes and Rate Your Music specifically doesn't, you know, you can include that in your genre, in your chart if you want to make it like that, but it gets, it goes nuts really fast. I like that. And um, it's just really difficult trying to sort of filter through all of that. Uh, though they, I there is one DJ mix that I actually covered. Um, I think on a second note, uh, as I said, EDM genre tags are almost entirely interchangeable. Uh, like, I mean, th- th- there are some obvious ones like, you know, th- there's obviously going to be a difference between listening to a drum and bass album and a house album, you know, or something like that. But like, there are so many similarities and, you know, it turns out that a lot of these historic albums are kind of fall under a bunch of different tags that are kind of um almost seem you know uh, at odds with each other sometimes uh and I, I was thinking about it this week and i think there are a couple of reasons for this i i um i wrote these down actually that i think one is you know sort of um different you know since we're, we're talking about a time you know at least at the inception of this genre as a whole we're talking about a time before the internet so, you know, you deal with, you know, sort of geographic uh, differences, you know, in the fact that you can't, you know, there isn't as much of an immediate like connection between musicians from around the world. So you end up having different sounds or, you know, in many cases, similar sounds that develop differently, but are nonetheless similar. So it's, you know, it kind of makes things a little fucky. Um, I think there's artists who kind of see trends that are going on, who want to deviate away from them. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, their deviation isn't all that far from what's actually happening. Uh-huh. You know, um, I think limitations in technology, both as an economic and technological concepts, which is to say that, you know, um, you know, the, the technology that Giorgio e. Moroder is working with is a lot different than something that Richard D. E. James is working with. Uh-huh. you know there's been a lot of improvements since then you know and you know like the, the, there was a time when to buy a synthesizer was you know uh ten thousand dollars and you know it took up you know a fucking desk and a half you yeah. know it was this yes. giant fucking thing yeah you know it was, it was like buying an early computer where it took up an entire room you know and you know as time went on that sort of got smaller and smaller and, you know, things became more available and cheaper to get, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think as well, uh, I think the u- utility of EDM, you know, is just sort of, you know, just that considering that it's, it's meant to dance to, I think you could recontextualize the music uh, in different ways and sort of call it different things, even though it's similar. Like for, ex- for instance, like the term rave is technically talking about the party but there's technically rave music but rave music can often be something like trance uh-huh. so it's just you, you you see what i mean it gets it gets convoluted so i i i i tried to even map it out and it's it's just convoluted as fuck let's uh-huh. just yeah like i mean at least back in the 40s you could just be like okay you've got music concrete there you go <laughs> you know uh-huh. <laughs> like but yeah so um I think other notes and I, I will finally get into, <laughs> we'll get into the meat of this fucking thing. Um, I'm not, co- there are some plate, some things that I'm not covering and, uh, such as like trance, IDM, which I'm, I'm assuming is what you were talking about earlier. Um, uh, so Psytrance, IDM, drum and bass. I'm pretty familiar with a lot of uh, a lot of the work in a lot of these genres. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to try to do something else. Try to go in outside of my comfort zone a little bit. Um, as well as, uh, there is a lot of stuff that I left on the table, you know, uh, left off the table, on the table. How does that phrase go?
1: <laughs> uh, um,
0: I don't know. It, all I'm saying is that there are a bunch of albums that I probably should have covered but didn't. Uh, and a lot of this because of time constraints, because a lot of these albums are around an hour or more. Uh, sometimes even more than that, uh, and so just I just want to just shouting out a couple of these albums because I feel like they're worth mentioning in some respect. Um, the Northern Exposure series by Sasha and John Digweed, uh, Jeff Mills' Waveform Transmission Volume One, uh, Trippomatic Fairy Tales 2001 by Jam and Spoon, uh, just an example by Shy FX, Moody Man Silent Introduction. Uh, cross by justice or Justicia. I don't know how do you pronounce that how are you supposed to pronounce that um, degenerate by vexed uh, drum and bass for papa by plug introduction by mr fingers fotech by modus operandi Jan Jelinek's, uh loop finding jazz records um, and disclosure settle uh, which Ooh, those last three one. I actually I actually tried to listen to all three of those uh, I actually did listen to fotech I, I but I, I actually fell asleep during it. Um, so <laughs> jeez, uh, yeah. And the other two, I was just not fan. Uh, I I wasn't really a huge fan of enough to even finish. Um, I was really I, I was really bummed because I really wanted to listen to Loop Finding Jazz Records and I really wanted to listen to to, to Disclosure just because I know you're such a huge fan. Um,
1: Well, at this point, I'm such a huge fan of Settle, and then since then, it's been... Well,
0: yeah, but I mean, I was going to... I mean, but I I would only listen to Settle anyway, so... Yeah, that's um,
1: that's the only thing you need to listen to. Yeah,
0: so... Yeah, going to this, I wanted to kind of listen to, like... You know, uh, I I think I had 10 albums. I actually had more than that. I whittled it down. Some of them were just so repetitive, I just had to cut them down, so I ended up with six. So... (laughs) Just is what it is. So let's just... Get into this. Yeah, take uh, my us away. F- yeah. My first album is uh, the, it's called 90 by uh, the band 808 State, and it's uh, sort of like an acid house album. And um, so, for anybody who's not familiar with what acid is, what the term acid is, it's it's talking about sort of baselines uh, that usually use the Roland TB303, which is you know kind of like a bass sequencer synthesizer, and it it has like this really screwy filter in it that has this, uh, like a squelching type of sound. You kind of know it when you hear it in a way. Um, this is actually, I think this is the, uh, this is one of two albums on this entire list that is actually under an hour, um, which (laughs) is fucking amazing. Um, but yeah, so this is like, this is the most eighties, ebm album i've ever heard like usually when you think of like something like you know techno or house you know you have like kind of a 90s vibe with it if you you know what i mean like yeah it it it, you know you 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 have this image in your head of sort of how it would look and sort of how it would sound and it's just neither of those things like i wrote down that it it basically it, it it almost sounds like a high energy album. Like, a, it's, it's almost li- like I'm listening to, like, Bananarama in a way. <laughs> and, um, it, yeah, I, it was just, it was fucking great. I, 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 I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it's not something I think I would always put on, it's not something I would buy. But it was fun for what it was. And I just love, you know, cheesy 80s music. And this is, like, very much that. But it's also just. You know a very early um you know acid album Mm -hmm. so it's it's just interesting how it kind of fit both of these worlds just perfectly because you you can hear a lot of like that squelchy like acid bass going on yeah but uh at the same time it's it's just like like i i you almost like are expecting it to like show up with like neon you know, and w- with like, like, like leggings, <laughs> and like, and everything. It just, yeah. So, it's it, it's a lot of it. it it's it's very Janus-faced, if you will. Yeah.
1: Um, when when in when in the eighties did this come out?
0: Oh yeah, this is uh nineteen eighty nine. Oh okay, because
1: that's yeah. that's a theme with 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 my albums is that I felt weird that all but one came out pretty much at the end of the decade. But, I, I, yeah. but the interesting thing is in some ways they almost felt like a summary of the sound of the decade like they didn't sound like yeah. they were looking forward too much so is that kind of what you felt that it really was representative uh, of the 80s and not like looking too too much
0: forward to the 90s I, I think if, if I had listened to it a few more times and really dug into it more I, I think part of it too is like if I listened to it on you know uh, like a really good sound system I feel like I probably could have picked out little details that I could have pointed to and been like, this is, you know, this is the future right here. But I think for the most part, it was very much an 80s album. Yeah. Yeah. Which is um, is,
1: is funny because that, you know, I feel like we haven't really seen, or like we've seen such a resurgence of 80s, you know, sounds, but 70s, I mean, a little bit of 90s. I don't know. We're, I guess
0: we'll be ready. We're, we're we're getting. I mean, come on. Poppy's putting out new metal, so oh, yeah. you know. No, we've definitely heard,
1: like. I just feel like we haven't heard a lot of seventies revival. Like, I mean, I guess I guess there's been some. I, I guess in terms I, of mainstream, because obviously there's there's yeah. no, no shortage of like, you know,
0: newer garage. Rock I mean, part of the bands. thing though is like, I mean, the seventies just weren't as like obliquely cool. Yeah. As, as like the eighties were. Like like the eighties is just like, you know so vibrant yeah in a way and it's i mean maybe that's just the cocaine or you know but in in whatever case the cocaine the miami vice and yeah yeah the new jack swing (laughs) but oh man um but yeah that's all i have to say about this 808 state album i i it was a fun listen i i don't know if i would ever listen to it again to be totally honest but like that my time with it was w- was not spent negatively.
1: Nice. So, yeah. Well, sp- speaking of the '70s, as I mentioned yes. earlier, my first album, uh, I picked it before I realized that I knew exactly who this band was, uh, and it is. Uh, I'm gonna try my best. It's not even like a like a language barrier thing. I just don't know if the way it's formatted is how this, I'm gonna pronounce it. But uh, Sparks, and I think it's Enth- oh, and. Okay. Enth- degree one in heaven i think question mark um but yeah these guys they capped off fantano's episode of amoeba what's in my bag yeah it was yeah he he said like one of his neighbors invited him over and they just listened to a bunch of sparks records and he ended up buying like i think he bought like a like a box set or, or like
0: several records from them um, I, I, I just, w- whenever I look at a picture of them, I, I just look at the Hitler mustache thing going on. Yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's, that's that's a consideration, for sure. Yeah, um, it's, it, well, it's just a funny thing that, like, nobody, like, nobody's just, like, even back then, it's just like, hey, um, buddy. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, may, may, maybe, maybe go with a different image. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I guess anyway, anyway. No, no
1: pulled just, them aside. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I felt like the seventies, I don't know. I, I, didn't, part of me wanted to pick something by Giorgio Moroder because he just is so, you know, he's, yeah. I mean, he's credited with, or, you know, widely credited with one of, if not the first EDM songs, with I feel love like that just was, you know, there was a really early example of, you know, it was a, a disco song that was super electronic. Um, but I felt like that was a little too obvious, so I wanted to dig, you know, a little bit deeper. And I really, I had a lot of fun with this. Um, it definitely, it definitely sounded like a quote EDM album from the seventies because it was very much ahead of its time, but a lot of seventies rock and pop aspects. Uh, it kind of sounded like a goofy art pop angled ABBA. You know, if they got really into okay. electronics. And then, <laughs> and then in some ways it sounded like a more electronic, you know, dance-centric, you know, version of the cars. And then, like, maybe not quite so nerdy and out there version of Devo. Like, it was kind of just... It was in the ballpark of a lot of those acts in the 70s that were, you know, disco and, like, flirting with electronics and doing some, like, weird rock. You know, it was it was fun, though. Like, it definitely... It definitely felt like a 70s rock record, like a, like a radio-friendly pop record, but it just, the weirdness and the electronic elements kind of pushed it a little bit out of the mainstream. Hmm. Um, it wasn't as overt, it was a little bit more subtle than any of the Moroder I've I've listened to, but I really enjoyed it. And I, I was worried a little bit, that's kind of why I mentioned that earlier. This came out in 1979. So I was a little bit worried that it would sound too, because that's something I've always felt about an album like *Unknown Pleasures*. Is that I felt like it was really, it was really ahead of its time. Looking, it almost feels like an '80s record. Like it feels. Hmm. I know it came out in 1979, so like it's right on the cusp. But it feels more like an early '80s record than a late '70s record, um, to me at least. Yeah, I mean, obviously, no, I, 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 feel I can like see that. A lot of that is because of what came after. Like it's nothing necessarily what they did. It speaks to their influence, but. Just you know, in hindsight, that's how it feels. But I definitely, I thought this Sparks record was kind of a really interesting bridge between the sounds you'd hear in the '70s and the more dance-oriented innovations that would really get fleshed out in the '80s. So, yeah, I was, I was a big fan. I, I actually would listen to this again. I, you know, I, um, <laughs> I got to be honest, the, the the Hitler mustache thing did turn me off a little bit. I don't know, just just <laughs> I mean, it's just it's nothing against them, but like. I was interested when Fantana was talking about it in his video, but then all I think about when I thought about them was, like, the Hitler mustache. And that's, that's typically, like, a negative... Like, again, just there's so many albums in my head that I want to check out, and, like, if one of them reminds me of Hitler, I may or may not... <laughs> I might push it down the list. So I'm glad I finally checked them out, and I would love to give them more of a shot because this, this was a really... You know, I felt like it... It, it felt ahead of its time for... To be included in the 80s or like it, it wasn't rather it wasn't quite ready yet to be like an 80s dance album but it was ahead of its time in the 70s which it was kind of an interesting little middle ground there
0: yeah no that that, that is an interesting idea because I, I i honestly thought you might go for like a donna summers album like or something like that yeah i just i want to do something a little bit less obvious but, yeah, but it's it. I mean, are have you really listened to a ton of Donna Summer or? No, yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, like, look, like I I haven't listened to Sparks at all, so I
1: think yeah. that's kind of why. Which I'm gonna contradict myself because two of the artists I'm gonna talk about I have listened to before, but not to a, a big degree. So I guess yeah. I guess I'm just a big old hypocrite because, <laughs> that like the defense I use for not picking that in the '70s is totally. I totally contradict myself. Well, like, I
0: mean, like in the past, like, I've picked stuff that, you know, has been stuff maybe I've only listened to, like, a track of, you know, or maybe I haven't listened to this exact album. Like, you know, our last one that we did, I think, was Ambient. And um, I I did Groupers, um, AIA, uh, Alien Observer. And uh, I remember listening to, I want to say, I think I listened to Ruins at one point or parts of it. And I I actually, I think I, I think I covered ruins too in that same exploration. So, Mm. um, and like, but, but I still counted that. So, you know, I, I think it's more about, you know, ultimate like familiarity in terms of like actually having listened to the album or not. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, but (laughs) the the Hitler mustache. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of get that. I, I kind of wonder though, if like, I don't know, like I, I, it, it it intrigues me so much just like the story behind that yeah <laughs> like,
1: but i mean like i've talked about it before it's like it's the whole like you know dave mustaine's personality with megadeth you know it's not like with all the artists i want to check out that doesn't yeah help, that doesn't help like yeah it's helped me it's want true. to check out their music just because i'm like every time i think about megadeth i'm like oh dave mustaine's kind of an ass So, you know, like it's not not like the only reason I haven't checked out their music, but like if if you have to choose from like a, you know, any, I feel like you and I at any given time have just dozens upon dozens of albums and artists you want to check out. So, yeah, I I
0: have spent a long time over the past month or so trying to like whittle down my to listen list, and it's, it just takes forever, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, anyway I let's move on to my, my yeah. next album I'm moving to the 90s finally um, and that's pretty much where I'm gonna stay for yeah actually I that is where I'm staying for this thing so again not really doing my job here uh, not, <laughs> not really it didn't really go as planned um, but this is um frequencies by the band LFO not to be confused with uh, the boy band LFO. Uh, and not to be confused with another band by the name of LFO that was around the same time that also did dance music. <laughs> so Honestly the first thing I thought of was ELO and I'm like, that's not <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah, ELO, yeah, but you know, <laughs> Mr. Blue Sky, that that like that 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 late that late eighties uh, you know, EDM hit. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't think any of that's right <laughs> oh man um yeah, so frequencies by LFO this came out in uh, 1991 it's kind of uh it could be the first example of what is known as bleep techno um and it's kind of like a late 80s early 90s style from from Yorkshire in England and it's uh it sort of gets its name I, 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 I'm quoting this from rate your music says uh gets his name from the use of unmodulated synth lines which i i don't know what the fuck that means to be told totally this and i i i'm a big fan of synthesizers so i i don't know exactly I, like maybe what they're saying is that there's no like you know sort of like envelope you know amplification going on i don't know uh but like you you can hear it though you can definitely hear it it has this i mean bleep is is definitely the the correct name here it has that kind of futuristic kind of um you, you know like old time computery kind of sound uh-huh. to it at times uh but so it's a duo consists of uh, mark bell and uh gez varley on this album and uh actually when this thing was recorded uh they were 19. um which is uh. like fucking nuts to think about it's also one of the earliest warp records uh, releases. Uh, so, for those who don't actually know, this is how Warp got their start by putting out like these really, really early, uh, like you know, techno uh, singles, and they ended up kind of growing it from there. And so that this was um, this album was Warp's fifth release, I think. Um, and it's just really interesting to see, like, even back then, how forward-thinking they were, because th- this was like compared to everything else that was going on. This was pretty bizarre, like it was very weirdly minimal, but you can hear a lot of sort of like where intelligence dance music, or you know, or what, what would become known as intelligent dance music, like was sort of where that sound started almost, uh, because like it has like this this futuristic sort of alien feel to it. Like it feels like you're kind of dropped into like a sci fi B movie almost. but but at the same time there's still like that 90s kind of dance aesthetic, like there's definitely like a beat going on, it's not like it's just someone playing a theremin or what have you it's, um, yeah, it's just a super interesting um, album if if you're familiar with um, so Warp put out um, a series called uh, Artificial Intelligence back in the 90s and um, I think it could have been the first release for that series was an album called uh, um, Electrosoma by a band called B12. Mm. And this reminds me a lot of that album, actually, even though it comes out um, two years after this album, uh, that it just has this, you know, again, like a very sci-fi sort of feeling to it. Like, it really feels alien. Um, But, I mean, overall, I, I, I really enjoyed it out of all of the albums I listened to, uh, this is one of the two that I would actually buy. Um, it was just, yeah, it was super cool to listen to. And, um, just sort of, if you want that vibe, but you don't want, you know, complete, like, I, I think EDM can sometimes feel very repetitive. And I mean, for good reason, because, you know, it's kind of meant to be repetitive, you know, because I, I don't know exactly if, if you're raving i don't know if you really want uh i don't know if you're really looking for super complex music you know Mm -hmm. in a way or that that actually sounds a little derogatory that's not what i meant i i probably more just like you're focused more on the dance groove itself you're more focused on the dance than you are on sort of the other aesthetic uh parts of the music in a Mm -hmm. way so um yeah this was just a really, really interesting album, and uh, I highly recommend people listen to this thing.
1: Nice. And you said that we're in, we're in the 90s now? Yeah, this is uh,
0: 1991.
1: Yeah, because that's, like, when I think of EDM, I think of my dad would have these weird, like, this is when you would buy, like, CD compilations, which I feel like no one does anymore. Oh, yeah. Um, and he would just have this, these compilations of, like, techno and house. I mean, it just, it just sounded like four to the floor, like, dance stuff and like that's that's kind of like what you were describing is kind of what what I think of when I think yeah. of the stuff my dad would put on
0: yeah like the, the, this is definitely um I, I think it's maybe considered that only in name mm-hmm. Um because I, I mean the, the, it's not to say there aren't repetitive parts but I think that there's a lot more going on aside from that yeah despite how kind of skeletal a lot of the album is in some respects um But
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I
0: think that that's, again,
1: like, I don't think super simple has to mean, like, I mean, this is jumping genres a little bit, but, you know, when my, one of my, my uncles was complaining that hip hop is repetitive at one point, I'm like, well, I mean, if you listen to most classic rock, like, that's also, I mean, it's repetitive in a different way.
0: Yeah, so I, just I mean, but like, like you know, you could t- if you want to talk about like music theory. I mean, like most pop songs in general, like and, and and I mean like in terms of like popular music, so like rock and pop, like use pretty much the same chord progressions. <laughs> so it's yeah, it, like yeah, it's it, it, it's all about sort of where that repetition is. I mean, it's and it's also worth you know pointing out that. Literally, repetition is the foundation of of music, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, and you know, I, I get for some people like I, I really like the field.
1: You know, I totally get people think he's yeah. you know, repetitive, but to me, it just feels very hypnotic. It's almost like it's almost like active ambient music in a way.
0: We're like, yeah, it's super I, repetitive. I kind of see that. I, yeah. and I mean, obviously, because I mean, that's you know, uh, Gas is you know kind of like a minimal techno artist yeah. as well as an ambient artist.
1: Yeah, and I t- again, I totally understand why people don't like it, but it's just most a lot of music is super repetitive. You know, yeah, that, that that's not true. But, you know, a lot of a lot of popular iterations of different genres or, are repetitive. It's just what are they, what do you do with those repetitions? Um,
0: yeah, d- but, definitely. I, but, and I mean, I I think for I think in his defense, you know, I I think if you're listening to like a hip hop beat, you know it's it's not like the the beat itself is going to be this, you know, dynamic piece of work that constantly changes. Like it's it because it, it's not really the focus. It's more yeah. like a, you know, it, it's it's a vehicle that the rapper is driving in a way. Yeah, because honestly, you don't in hip hop, you
1: don't want like, if you had a beat that was, like, super complex and constantly changing, it would be super distracting. Like yeah, just, I mean... The, the whole the, point the, of the job, like, yeah. The,
0: that's part of the reason that, like, you know, I, I don't think anybody raps on uh, donuts, you know? Yeah. So... <laughs> exactly. No,
1: it's, yeah. it, it's an art form. So so you said this is one of two albums that you would, you would buy?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, th- this the, is really good.
1: Because the next album, I actually... This is one of two albums I did buy after listening oh. for this episode. I was just very... That's funny. Very uh, <laughs> impressed. And it just, I mean, it also helped that, you know, on Bombos I think each of the albums were like four bucks. So it was kind of hard oh, not to say I, no. I,
0: I think I know what album you're going to talk yeah. about
1: now. Oh, okay. Um, right. So this is Introspective by Pet Shop Boys. Oh, okay. Uh, which, the only. <laughs> I don't want to start this off negatively, but the only song of theirs I've heard is. A song called social media and it is the oh, most yeah. the most boomer like anti social <laughs> media. Like the the song itself is like really like posh like vintage, you know, dance dance pop. But the lyrics and especially the video that accompanied it accompanied accompanied it is just like vintage like LOL phone bad. Young people spend too much time <laughs> online. And I was like, you know, because I know these guys have really respected pioneers of dance music, but I was like, wow, this song's fucking bad. Um, but I figured, you know, when it came to the 80s, a ton of their albums were rated really highly. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I I really see why. You know, this this album only had six tracks. Each of them were, were pretty long.
0: Is I Introspection think, the one with Domino dancing on it? Um,
1: oh, Let me double check. Is the one that's what's uh, what, it's a rainbow on the cover essentially.
0: Yeah, I I I'll, I'll look it up. But what, what, why don't you um what, why not you tell me and and everybody else a little more about this though? Yeah,
1: this was again this was kind of you know when I was talking about I was concerned with this coming out in '88 that it wouldn't it would be too. It would be too you know forward facing
0: to the 90s yes this this does have domino dancing on it which is like i i love i love this album Um, all six of these
1: albums were were, were, uh, songs were bangers they were each like five-ish minutes long if not longer uh or you know they were at least five minutes long and they just really kept my interest throughout each of them um again it just felt very very 80s you know it felt like you know it came out in 1988 but it almost felt like a summary like i feel like that that's kind of the other side of the coin is you know on one hand it could be looking forward to the next decade on the other hand it could be very much you know kind of absorbing what came before like this was you know a lot of the synths and the samples were just all across 80s pop and dance music um and it was you know we'll get to this aspect later um but it was very much you know like starting to to come together as dance music as we might know it like the kind of persistent you know four 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 to the floor kind of beat um mm. not as much you know the next album i'm going to talk about definitely have oh, that okay. a lot more
0: i i think we're talking about the next album next so oh, okay. the, the, the same album next but we'll, we'll we'll get to it um but yeah just very um
1: uh just like very very good like i just, I just felt like every song was Kind of exactly what I was hoping to hear from like an '80s, like whatever album I picked from the '80s, it really covered the bases. Um, and yeah. clearly, clearly, an extension like this, this of all of the the records I'm going to talk about today, this was the most clear extension of disco. Like so many of these songs, literally sounded like '80s electronic remixes of disco songs. It, like it, in a in a good way. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I, no, was a big, I, I can I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I was a big fan. The only thing. That I, I um I don't love I don't hate the vocals I don't love them either. It basically like I know you haven't listened to a ton of They Might Be Giants, but they basically have like really like nasally, like ra- like you know college radio rock vocals, and it yeah. kind of sounds like that except more nasally and British. And it just doesn't like it kind of works because the, the you know They Might Be Giants have like very you know goofy silly lyrics and goofy silly music. But it was a little distracting. I mean, like it wasn't so distracting. I disliked the album, but you know it it wasn't it wasn't my favorite aspect. Uh, but yeah, thankfully, I, the,
0: I can see that the music
1: very much covered for it,
0: yeah, it, like i I definitely don't remember being I, I I don't remember hating the vocals, but when I've listened to introspection, but it it's definitely not the highlight of it for me. Yeah. like for, for me, it's it's you know, like that beat. It's, you know kind of like the hook the whole groove of of each track and just like you know the overall like kind of the eighties like aesthetic of it um but yeah i actually i'm i'm thinking now like i really i probably should have done a different like a a pet shop boys album but um i felt like i know a lot of synth pop already Mm -hmm. so i just it just felt like you know be like uh, you know, are already tread down this path before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not to mention just like, you know, I don't know what what when when it comes to like gay music too. Like, I feel like Celine Dion might be the only contender for like the quintessential like gay pop like pop group <laughs> in a way. <laughs> uh... But anyway, um, yeah. I Pet Shop Boys are great. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you, no. you
1: think we're talking about the same artist next?
0: Yeah, uh I are you talking about uh dub no Bass with my headman by Underworld? No, I'm not actually. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's interesting. I, I because the, the, that's pretty much like the highest rated techno album on Rate Your Music. Um weirdly enough. Well, so I actually I should probably um uh clarify that when I would do Rate Your Music sh- searches, I would actually make sure to exclude any like soundtracks. Um, because I, I just feel like they're not, it, it's not that they aren't albums and it's not like, it, it's more like, I feel like the context is different yeah. can, so in a
1: way. Can we, so we're, we're in the nineties, right? With this album. Yeah. Can we talk about this real quick? Cause that's what I referenced earlier is that as soon as I got into the nineties and the two thousands, that was a big issue with rate Your music. And I guess more oh, yeah. l- larger discussion is how many video game, Mainly video game, but some movie soundtracks were just like all over, and some of oh, them, like yeah. I remember, uh, this is an underrated game for the Wii. Actually, it's called uh, No Heroes.
0: Um, oh right, it, yeah, yeah, the um, the one with the uh, Johnny Knoxville look alike. Yeah, it was it, a, it yeah. was
1: a very bizarre game for the Wii. Like it was very like hard M, and like that soundtrack was cool. But you know, it was cool when I was
0: playing the game. Like, I just, I I don't know. Yeah, it's not to discount um, soundtrack albums. It's more just I I think, like, for I I think one for sort of what we're talking about here, which is more of a historical context. You know, there aren't, you know, I, I, I feel like when it comes for, like, when it comes to EDM showing up in those soundtracks, it would be something like Wipeout, where it's like, you know, compilations more than anything um, you know and so it's it's just it's it's kind of a gray area is is i guess what i'm trying to say and yeah, also sure. i mean you know if you look up like top ambient albums the minecraft soundtrack is the is the best is, like the top rated ambient album on rate your music and i'm like <laughs> like okay like i i i don't doubt that it's good it's just like you know there are hundreds of other ambient albums that i feel like could probably take its place just as well though yeah like i I mean you know maybe it's just because i am you know maybe i'm more of like a traditionalist here but like i probably would have put something like um like uh rave death you know or like music for airports at that point but but anyway we're not talking about ambient we're talking about uh we're talking about some edm yeah, uh, I, just, I wanted about, to quickly talk yeah. about that because that was yeah, no, that it, was I, like I, I was sh- we you know if, if you remember this next week, uh, we'll we'll talk about this for sure. So
1: yeah, no, like I, I just I was very surprised like when I you know the '90s and it persisted. Oh yeah, thousands. Like, well, wow, it's, there there's
0: so many soundtracks. It's not even like EDM. It's like almost any genre. Like yeah. and so I like normally like now for me to find like any album, I have to like put an exclusion genre tag thing genre search as well and it's just like frustrating but like i i i i get why it's there and i I do feel like soundtracks deserve more attention that they normally do mm-hmm. it's just like not 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 for what we're looking for here i guess yeah exactly um anyway uh dub no bass with my head man it's the uh i believe it is uh, i actually don't have Which album it is. I I think it's their third or fourth uh, studio, but by by Underworld. Uh, And before this time, they were a British like synth pop kind of band. Uh, But at this, you know, sort of around the time of this album, they um, were meeting. They met uh, this DJ named Rick Smith, who ended up joining the band. And uh, I sort of they, they were interested in sort of dance music and sort of club music. And so they ended up really adopting it and really going full force into this thing. And like and I, I think that this is where I was talking about with um you know, sort of uh, genre tags not meaning a ton sometimes uh-huh. in, in things because, like I'm writing music because, like this thing is technically techno and progressive house, which I mean, progressive as a genre tag in itself is just a conversation for another time. But I mean, I, I, in my mind, I feel like techno and house are, are like, I I feel like if you're going to make such a distinction between the two, you shouldn't be able to just include the two like this. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Um, but it's, um, it's a it, it's a pretty interesting album. I I think honestly the most interesting thing about it for me is is the album cover. Um, mm. <laughs> weirdly enough, which is I I highly suggest people look it up because it's like they they took all these um, different fonts and like stretched them out, and it just looks really cool. Um, what's it? What's what's the name again? It's called Dub No Bass with My Headman. It's all one word. Uh, by Underworld. Yeah. So oh, 1994. By the way, this this came out and. Um, you know, it, it's a really, really fun little techno album. It's not little. It's a, I think it's an hour and 10 minutes around there. So it's a little long. Uh, but you know, it was, it, it, it was just like, the, the thing is, I, I don't remember a ton of it because you know, after a while, it kind of just mushes into the same thing for me at times. But, um, you know, you've got a lot of really solid bass lines, you know, a lot of four of the floor drum kicks going on. Um, what kind of soured the experience for me, though, was uh, the vocals on here. Uh, you know, it, when I was listening to this, this reminded me a lot of sort of a, a conversation that we've had before about um, vocals and jazz. Because I'm like, you know, it. Like, like, like your your uh your stances has normally been if, if i remember correctly that like you know jazz is like a a, a genre that doesn't need vocals in a way because it's interesting enough and i feel like that's kind of the same thing for this album is that like there are a lot of really interesting moments here and i don't think that it needed vocals uh it doesn't help that the the the, the, the vocals are just kind of annoying sounding mm. um Though I I did grow on them a little more as time went on, but they were definitely the thing that probably kept me from wanting to like buy this thing. But um, I mean, overall, you know, pretty fun album. Uh, Check out the track cowgirl or uh, me if if anybody's interested, if if you haven't heard this album before, really just good, good, um, you know, just kind of hard hitting techno and uh finally just a little factoid uh carl hyde who's one of the uh band members his daughter uh is the basis for black country new road oh okay that's
1: fun small world yeah
0: like little 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 weird thing uh that you would just never think about that's actually Uh, really cool yeah there you go
1: (laughs) nice yeah i totally feel you on so i mean first of all the album itself sounds cool but i totally feel you that you know, jazz as well as electronic music. Um, I think for me, where it rests, you know, basically, I, I think you characterized my views well. Maybe to to put a finer point on it, I think that it's easier for vocals to detract from a you know a jazz or an electronic song for me than to add to it. Sometimes, you know yeah. I mean? sometimes with like jazz, it could push it too much into like easy listening or you know, kind of like you know, I love Frank Sinatra, but. Yeah, like, uh, the, the, that type of, like, he, lounge yeah. sound. He's not, yeah. I don't think, Frank's not just really, not really, like, an album artist. Like, he makes good songs, but, like, I don't, you know, that's not I, what I'm going to with the great Jet. And I feel like the same thing, that's kind of, you mentioned Disclosure earlier, with Settle, they would just find some, like, they have a great, four to the floor, like, hard-hitting dance track called, you know, Stimulation, or Simulation. Mm. I forget. But again, the point is that the vocals aren't that important. It's just some simulation, and just like it, it, it just it pumps in here and there, and then it gets back to the song. And I feel like with their second album, they were too focused on hammering in these big guest vocals on it, and that's just that kind of took,
0: I, it I, kind of suffocated the song. I feel like part of the reason that is though is because of just how enormous of it, like success something like Latch was. Oh, absolutely! No, they um, they, they they just they saturated.
1: That you know the success of Latch and it yeah. just it didn't work out. So, and but I'm not, I, not not I, saying every example is exactly the same, but just when an instrumental song is totally. I mean, again, this is not this is not some huge revelation, but you know, an instrumental yeah. song and a, a song with vocals that you have to compose them differently. So you
0: know, inherently. Well, see, yeah, I I I think maybe that that's kind of why this album is the way it is because it just sort of of this band synth pop roots. You know, I I feel like they were maybe kind of used to having more of a traditional song structure as opposed to more of a dance structure. I think this is kind of the meeting of the two. But it's funny that you mentioned this about, you know, sort of vocals when it comes to EDM, because um, that was always the thing that kept me away from electronic music when I was getting into music for the first time, like because I had always been interested in electronic music. But most of the time, whenever I would, you know, try to look some up, you know, it would always have some sort of vocals attached to it and always have the tag electronica, which I still don't know what that fucking means even now. <laughs> but um, anyway, and it was always frustrating because I was like, I, I want to hear some weird ass synths. Like, I, I don't want to hear any of these vocals. They can be really good vocals, but I don't want to hear them, you know? And so, like, the- the- that definitely, like, stunted my, uh you know, my expansion, my ex- like exploration into electronic music as a whole for a long time, um, but I think part of that is just like sometimes you don't have the vocabulary to, you know, search for the right thing because I would always look up oh instrumental electronic music and then I would come up with things like, um, you ever heard of the band Download? Like the, they're a um, I think they're a side project of uh, one of the Skinny Puppy uh, band members. And it's just like I, I remember listening to this album a little bit and being like, "See, this is what I'm talking about." But it's like, <laughs> I, 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 like if if someone would have just been like, "Hey, check out like Aphex Twin," you know, like yeah. things would have been so much easier. <laughs> actually, I actually haven't I, heard I, that download. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's 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 move on. But what, what's your '90s album? Yeah, and this was the other album that I again. I think the
1: the first three albums by this band were each. Well, there were three ninety-seven to be specific, because oh. cause <laughs> that, it, it's interesting how that you know not to go the mini capitalist rant, but it's crazy how that tricks our brain. I'm guilty too that like you see the three oh, yeah. and you don't think about the fact that like oh, you're I, three... I I thought you were talking about the ninety-seven.
0: Yeah, it's like like a, you, you yeah.
1: see like see that you focus on the three and you don't realize that you're only three cents off from four. Where you're like, oh, it's only three bucks. you know, like, your brain's like, oh, actually, no, 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 no. it is. um...
0: Yeah, but this album came out,
1: came out in '99, and it still really felt like a '90s album. Uh, and it, it and it also had a ton of tracks that I recognized on it. You know, once I, you know, got into it, "Surrender" by the Chemical Brothers. Uh, oh wow, okay, fuck, man, I had a I, lot of fun with this album.
0: I, I, I'm surprised you uh you you didn't uh listen to the other ones because I I thought the other ones were a little more highly rated. This one caught
1: right. my attention i mean i really like the cover and i think it i think it might have it either had a
0: higher rating or more ratings than the other two that's weird because exit planet dust and dig your own hole are like i always thought they they were much more highly rated yeah well and i also funny thing i'll I'll let you go after this but uh that copy you have might actually have been my copy oh Um, that's funny. So. It, it, but yeah, it, no, it I, is I, from Salem, so thank you yeah, very much. Yeah, no, I, 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 actually, I think it is, then. Because, yeah, it's... Um, I, I, I Earlier, I think, last, I think last year, I bought a bunch of Chemical Brothers albums because I, I was really into Dig Your Own Hole for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was like, you know, fuck it, I'm going to get Exit Planet Dust, too, because I like that album a lot, and, you know, get Surrender as well. And uh, I thought Surrender was fine, but I'm like... I'd rather just have dig your own hole and exit Planet Dust, so I just yeah you know, went for it. I'm looking anyway. forward
1: to listening to those first two, but I really, I mean, first of all, I love the cover for Surrender. Yeah, I it love, is really cool. It's it's like I love the you know the color palette, um, but my speaking of, <laughs> I'm gonna try to get through this without laughing too much. But speaking of su- subgenres within electronic music, this is classified as big beat. And yeah. I love how, like, sometimes we say this is such a dumb name for a genre. I love that this is just the most, the dumbest, simplest name. And it works. So, like, so, throughout this entire album, I just thought, wow, these are some big beats. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm just like, that's a really, really good genre. Because, yeah, these are just, like, really big. This is the first, you know, I mean, it's it's only, you know, three of five and only the third album I listened to. This is the first time where I was like, wow, this feels like an EDM, you know, like the whole, you know, Floor to the floor, boots and cats and boots, and, like just like the the, yeah. the, the 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 typical like club dance beat you'll you'll hear. Um, I recognize a number of these songs, you know, like kind of from from afar. I was like, oh, yeah, I think I've heard this before. But hey, boy, hey, girl, oh, I a thousand percent know this song. Here we go, like that <laughs> that song and that oh, that would it would just this was I think this was like this got me super hyped.
0: Uh, Dude, just, Chemical just, Brothers is so good. Like, like just... The, I love Big Beat. Like, I yeah. love Prodigy, you know, and, like, oh, Chemical yeah, Brothers yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. I If you... I mean, I highly suggest getting Dig Your Own Hole. I, I You know, it's so funny, because I actually had it on not too long ago in the car. Um, but listen to the track. So the opening track is Block Rockin' Beats, which is a fucking great fucking song. But even better might be the track Setting Sun with... Um, uh one of the gallagher brothers from oasis mm. on it uh and it is awesome and it, like it almost sounds like um it's, it's almost like a like a breakbeat take on uh the Beatles' tomorrow never knows <laughs> in a way it's it's awesome but yeah, F- yeah. fucking love fucking love quarters, I mean I actually
1: dude. I bought all their first two the exoplanet "Dig uh, Your on Hole, and surrender they, again they were all like four bucks so I was like why the yeah. hell not? Dude,
0: they're all, they're so, I I can't wait to hear what, what, what do you think of them? Because like, I, I love, I love like those, those two Chemical Brothers albums Yeah. that they, they, I really haven't listened to a ton of their stuff after like Surrender. So I really don't know, but, um, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm taking up, I'm taking up your spotlight here, <laughs> gushing a little bit. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, again,
1: there's not, this just felt, again, this felt like, like a lot of the nineties, uh. Like, it reminded me of, you know, Crystal Method, uh, like you said, like, the, the Prodigy. Yeah. It reminded me just, like, big, like, techno beats. And just, it It, um, it also, oh, I forget what the name of the band is, but there's this one song it's by dad fat,
0: fat Boy Slim?
1: Uh, maybe, but the, the one I was thinking of was uh, James Brown is Dead. And it's a. It has a very stick like da, 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 and like. Oh, I That's feel really like I should right. know this, but like, this let, song. let me look it up because that was a song. You know, it just reminded me. I, I'm, of... I'm already on it. Um, but again, it just like that, LA style. Yeah, it, it must. It must yeah. be. But yeah, LA style. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I just to me this. Again, I know I was joking, but this really was, like, such an apt subgenre name because this is what I love about EDM. It just felt like these huge, like, big beats. It just felt like this is meant for,
0: you know, just blasting. Yeah, uh, I, I totally, I, I get you, like, like you know, if, if Smack My Bitch Up ever comes on, like, on my phone or something like that, like, I want to turn that shit up, you know? Oh, that was, <laughs> I remember um,
1: I took a history of rock class in college and the the video for Smack My Bitch Up is really controversial. Yeah. Um, and we had to pick a music video to talk about. And I remember, like, for some reason, I was like, oh, this is fine. I'll just cut it off at a certain point. And there's a certain point where, like, literally there's, like, there's like, pretty graphic nudity. And, like, he gets... Re- <laughs> so, like, that, I was like, oh, I'll cut it off there. But the first part is, like, super violent. They're doing drugs and it like... So, yeah. I, as I'm playing it for, like, our catholic college class i was like wow this was uh this was a mistake um, <laughs> but yeah you should
0: have just done the Firestarter music video
1: right to whisted fire oh, oh god them. that's <laughs> such a great song oh
0: yeah I, I mean i yeah we we i i feel like we could just do a breakbeat episode at this point or just like a big beat breakbeat yeah beat sort of thing for sure um yeah, I mean, well, speaking of speaking of the break beats, uh, it's time to talk about some some drum and bass, which I I mentioned I wouldn't talk about a ton. Um, I only include this one because it was sort of an album that I was familiar with, but i never really listened to. Um, and it is uh, timeless by Goldie, oh. um, and it's what is called atmospheric drum and bass, which you know is. You know, it's german bass with some atmosphere, man. <laughs> there you go; that makes perfect um, sense to me. Yeah, actually, if you look on Rate Your Music, it's actually l- listed as uh, new age as well, and I kind of see it. Like, it has like a lot of these, um, you know, sort of. It, it almost feels like Steve Roach. Like, like it, it almost feels like Goldie was um, sampling like Steve Roach a little bit at times, but like just like with some of these synth, like it's like synth lines, but. Uh, this is his debut album. He's a uh, British DJ, producer, what have you. I feel like the term DJ and producer is kind of nebulous around this time. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I feel like it's a little more um, disparate now than, you know, but a- anyway. So, like I said, I, I knew about this album for a while, but um, I really hadn't looked into a time because it is it is really long it is two hours long i think um it it is just yeah it's in the release is really strange like because um it was released when it was released on cd you could get it as a double album or a single album so it you know it kind of brings into mind like which tracks are official or not um wait what
1: Wait a second. Yeah, Sorry,
0: seriously. A so how did that work? So there were just more music on the double album. Um. So I I guess in my mind, I think the double album is the official album because it has all the tracks that are associated with this album on yeah. it. Yeah. I looked I looked at the track listings and they're almost identical. there are a couple of you know ones that they kind of took out that weren't really there. Like um, there's a track called I think it's a. Uh, I think it's called jaw Calling, if I remember right. There's a lot of dubby parts on this thing, too. Um, That that doesn't show up on the single album. But, you know, I think, well, so I guess to get into part, part of the reason I think this is the way it is is because um, a lot of these tracks are really long. So the title track on this thing, Timeless, which opens up the album, is uh, 20 minutes long. (laughs) <laughs> which is, yeah, like a lot, it which just like for like a dance album, it's kind, yeah. kind of a bizarre choice in my mind. But th- though I guess like when it comes to like a DJ mix, um, you know, they can kind of blend into each other. But th- this was not a DJ mix. Um, anyway, so yeah, th- this thing is just, oh, it's just full of like really, really well done, you know, drum and bass. A lot of really cool break beats going on. Uh, you know, and sort of the way Goldie manages to create an atmosphere here was really, really cool. Um, I, you know, timeless, like the title track is probably the most difficult track to get through just because of the length, but Mm -hmm. it's worth it because there are a lot of really cool moments in it. And, um, it's funny, the, I I don't know. Are you familiar with, um, the band hybrid at all? No, actually. So they're like, kind of like a breakbeat. Group Two that they, they do what I think they call like cinematic breaks and like I think it's called like new school breaks as well. I, again, you know, this is uh EDM being bizarre with its genre tags, you know. Yeah. But um, they they their debut album, Hybrid's debut album, was called Wide Angle. There's a track that opens it up called uh, If I Survive, and so it, it kind of reminded me a lot of uh Timeless a lot. Um. I guess vice versa, even though um, so that that hybrid album actually came out four years after this thing, because this is uh, 1995. Um, But just kind of like this idea of of merging like breakbeats and strings and things like that, Um, this was just a really cool idea for that. Um, Yeah. I mean, so the thing is, like, I really like this thing, I would probably buy it. I, I still might. I don't know. But the thing is, it's just it's just so fucking long, dude. And, uh, and I, I, I think that's just kind of Goldie's thing. Like, I, I just, I, I don't think he really has, I, I think he really likes having long music because literally his next album, they put that after this and I looked into this because it was so like insane. His next album has a, it starts off with one 60 minute track that opens the album. And yet, it only accounts for less than half of the album's total runtime. Huh? <laughs> it's it's like like how <laughs> like I mean I I you, I I give the guy you know uh, cred for you know being able to put together like you know these huge tracks, but like th- that's just unlistenable for me. Like I I don't want to listen to that like. <laughs> No no thank you.
1: Yeah. But I, I anyway. mean, I yeah. with that said, I was thinking, you know, an example popped to my head, uh, Lindstrom, where you go, I go Too, It's it's really one of my favorite space disco albums. And the first song is almost a half hour long, is the title track. Yeah. And that actually works really well
0: for me, yeah, me I mean, personally. Th- so well, the the title track here I mean works well you know it's I, the, the, there are a few lulling points but for the most part I really enjoyed it um, yeah. it's just to have you know so if if, if your second album opens with one 160 minute track and that, that that's that's less than half of the total album runtime yeah that's <laughs> the, the, yeah. that's just so much time that's, to that's, spend doing break beats that's it's a lot. just like that's fuck, dude for yeah sure. yeah But I mean, overall though, I really enjoyed this one. I was actually not looking forward to listening to this just because I knew how long it was. So, um, yeah, (laughs) really, it it was a nice surprise. Yeah, nice.
1: Yeah, but well, uh, I uh, I'm starting to feel like we we took very different paths because oh yeah, all like the next one is a, a quintessential 2000s. You know, EDM dance pop album, uh, and I'm glad I'm glad I picked it because I really enjoyed it. And some of the things I didn't like about it are kind of it kind of helps with the narrative that was starting to form as I was thinking about it. because a little bit you know to a lesser extent the 2000s and certainly the 2010s. Obviously, we're starting to get into music that I listened to gro- you know growing up. In fact, mm-hmm. one of these songs I remember. Very distinctly, growing up being played on the radio, um, so I, I guess I'll just, I'll just, you know, uh, Kylie Minogue, Oh, f- okay, theater. yeah. Um, this is this is for whatever reason had a lot of crossover appeal with like, you know, the music, the you know, quote unquote serious music fans, and it obviously was very popular with you know just generally, um, and. I was surprised to find out that this is her one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is her eighth album, and I think probably one of her, you know, one of her most well-known. Uh, but uh, can't get you out of my head. It is yeah. a you know, very, very yeah. well-known song that played when I was a kid, and um, you know, love at first sight. I really enjoyed that. I mean, honestly, I loved this album a lot. It was you know basically what you'd expect. Again, this is the one. Exception to like all the albums I picked were in the latter you know part of their decade. Some some literally the last year of the decade. This came out in two thousand one, but even still, it very much felt like two thousands like MTV. I could picture her in like a white tank top and jeans, sh- you know, a jean skirt, and just <laughs> uh, I could totally picture that fitting in. However, something that was solidified like I had this thought I was li- as I was listening to this album. And it was solidified by the last album I picked, which came out in 2019. Is that uh, there was a little bit of a shift in mainstream EDM where, you know, we're we're going back to Sparks, um, they were still pulling from like a a more varied disco and even like a rock background. So there was Mm -hmm. a little bit more variety going into the dance music that they were making. And when you get to something like Kylie Minogue and Fever, i have no idea if i'm pronouncing her last name correctly so i apologize but uh
0: i always thought it was minogue but i don't really minogue. know you how know how what that sounds either, more so. correct so
1: i'm gonna say minogue uh <laughs> th- this album while very good and i enjoyed for all the songs on it it was super homogenous. it was this mm. is kind of like the kind of the midsection of when e, like edm especially mainstream edm took you know kind of established itself very you know kind of the same type of beats you, obviously, you shift up the the synths a little bit, but kind of the same general style of chord progressions. You know, create a hook. There you go. Um, and I, I, still, again, still really enjoyed it. But I think you know, the next album I'll talk about, we go a little bit full circle, where now there's been more, like you know more, more different styles to pull from that are quote unquote acceptable to bring into because I feel like nowadays you can bring pretty much any genre into any other genre and like people will be like, oh, okay, as long as it sounds good, they're like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, I don't think anyone will turn, <laughs> will turn up their nose and be like, oh, this doesn't belong here. I think as long as it sounds good, people are so used to music sounding like all, all fucking over the place nowadays. Mm. Um, so that was an interesting. This was the first album where, because even like, you know, Chemical Brothers, Pet Shop Boys, there was a lot more a lot more variety. Like, especially Surrender by Chemical Brothers. Like, there were big beat songs, but there were also some like moodier... Like a down tempo, like borderline trip hop songs as well. Like, there was a lot more variety going on. Whereas Fever very much felt like they were just trying to create as many, you know, radio ra- radio and club ready songs as possible and just see whatever yeah. sticks. Um, and I feel like that, cha- that started to change in the 2010s when people were like, hey, we can kind of experiment a little bit and try some different stuff and, you know, see what works. So, yeah. But, but I st- still very much enjoyed it. And again, I was very glad that um I was glad that it continued the streak. I really feel like each of these albums very very effectively encapsulate what was going on in that decade, which is was kind of my goal so
0: yeah i I guess you know i I think my goal was more like i I kind of wanted to go with more of it like a historical thing i guess like i I wanted to see like you know if if, if I was you know a raver back in like the 90s in britain you know i i wanted to listen to what they would be listening to kind of Uh and i kind of wanted to follow that like i wanted to take edm like as its actual like definition in in a way and you know tried to sort of go that route and um very fucking difficult because Uh it's it's just like there's a lot and you don't really know where to go uh, I probably should have mentioned this earlier. Uh one of my big references that I used was a um uh list uh done by Mixmag. Uh it's called the uh 50 most influential uh dance music albums of all time. Hmm. Uh kind of a misnomer because uh Brian Eno's music for airports is on that. Um <laughs> so you know <laughs> d- d- Don't don't you love that that dance music album yeah. music for airports? <laughs> yeah. Um, I I mean it's 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 a really really good overview of electronic music though. I really suggest people check it out, especially if they're interested in like dance music, because when once you get to like the late '80s, you know you really get into some really really deep cuts when it comes to EDM that I like never heard of before. Um, anyway, this is uh, my next. Uh, album. Uh, and it's it's actually the only DJ mix that is on this thing. Um, I figured I needed to include one and it's uh, Transport by Paul Oakenfold. Um, it's kind of like, like I remember back when I was looking into EDM, this is like years and years ago and like trying to get into like trance music and things like that. Uh, this was one of the albums that I would always see. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's like progressive trance, which again. You know, what that exactly means is kind of up for debate. Mm-hmm. But uh, this this was probably my favorite album that, or I guess DJ Mix. But, I mean, th- this is the favorite release that, that I listened to throughout all of these things. Like, this thing was so much fun to listen to. Like, dude, trance music in general, I-, I just find super, super fun. Because um, it's just, like, it's so immediate. Like, it's, it, you don't really have to do a ton of digging, in a way, to, to really, like, grasp hold of something that you really like. Um, and it's just super catchy. And it's just, ah, oh, it's just so well done. Um, you know, DJ mixes are kind of nebulous, in a way, because, you know, it, in my mind, anyway. Because, you know, you're taking other people's tracks and you're remixing them. And so, like, to the extent that you're remixing them is kind of up for bait sometimes so like i'm not really familiar with a lot of the tracks that were being talked about Mm -hmm. so like i'm not really sure how much is just you know like i i i think there's this there's this stereotyped view of a dj that like all they do basically is just press play in a way and that that that's just not true But at the same time, when you're, you know, sampling other people's material, I think you can come close to making that stereotype true. Um, Again, it's it's much more nuanced than people make it out to be. Uh, But anyway, this was just so much fucking fun. Um, You know, it's just super just really hyper, you know, just a lot of really, really like just super catchy, tasty lines all the way through it, like a lot of these awesome synth lines and just everything is like, just so tailored to the club in a way. Like you can, you can kind of just hear when like it's time to really start dancing or not. (laughs) And it's, it's awesome. It it was just awesome to listen to. I I just cannot wait to buy this thing at some point.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Um, for me, when I think of trance, I think of, uh, oh now i forget the name but like do you DS think Daryl?
0: you're better off alone oh i gotta i gotta okay. uh, it's funny like I, i'm more familiar with psytrance than anything like uh Astro projection is is really awesome they're they're a group i've been wanting to get one of their albums for a long time i just haven't um done it <laughs> yeah
1: oh it's uh it's alice dj which obviously is lsd uh ha 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 <laughs> um, but yeah it's a song better off alone that like for whatever reason that was like that caught my in the, obviously i feel like sandstorm by derude yeah. is like in the dude <laughs> dude the sandstorm
0: was like i i i still think that's a good track okay yeah it is I, I, like, like
1: it's one of the few I, meme p- songs people like,
0: shit on that song so much and it's like it's a good track dude yeah. like I, you you're just salty because it's more popular
1: like, yeah. I mean, it's one of the few memes songs. Like, I might embarrass myself with this, but I genuinely think Never Gonna Get You Up is a fun, yeah. like, saccharine pop song. But I think it just, like, I think people are, there was a period where people were embarrassed to say that they liked it, and now, like, nobody gives a shit anymore. It's a good song. I mean, yeah. yeah. The, the lyrics are ex- extraordinarily corny, but, like, it's a fun song. And I feel yeah. like Sandstorm's the same thing where
0: it became a little bit of a meme, but, like, it's still, it's, it's still a good track. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I Sandstorm was like one of the, like the first. It, it, actually, I think it was the first like EDM song I had ever listened to. Yeah. And I think that, that was true for a lot of people, honestly. I remember Crazy Frog. You remember Crazy oh, Frog? Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah Crazy was, Frog, too. That but one was early. I remember that. Um, yeah, it, it, that Axel F cover. Was, yeah. it, actually, the, the, their version of Popcorn was like really big for me. Yeah. Um But yeah, e- even that really isn't as bad as people make it out to be. Yeah. Um but anyway. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so you you've got your last your yeah. last album. My final
1: one, Longer waiting to Check This Out, was really, really highly hyped at the time. Charlie by Charlie XCX. Oh, okay. Um and again, this was totally totally fits as a twenty ten, you know, EDM dance album, but you know, you had I I need to quickly check who did production on this? Because didn't it wasn't like a lot of the PC music crew involved with that? Yeah, I was gonna say because there was there was some pretty pretty tasty bubblegum bass on this that I thought was Oof. it was because re- I remember Charlie XCX when she f- like first came out. I mean, first of all, she kind of got her break because of Iggy Azalea. She was like she did the hook on Fancy. I'm so fancy, you already know. <laughs> and then she had an EP. Or she had an album called True Romance, which I th- I listened to a, a you know a few songs on that that I thought were pretty good, and then I just totally lost track. And I know Fantano, I think this was his album of the year for 2019. Was Charlie? Um, or yeah, very, that sounds right. Or at least it was top five. Yeah, um, yeah. And this was this was really really fun. And again, this. Brought in a lot of elements from other genres beyond, like it definitely had a similar vibe to Fever by you know Kylie Minogue, but um, you know, there were some more, you know, some hip hop elements, like some more, you know, bubblegum bass, what you know, kind of the weird weirdisms that were going on in, in kind of underground pop and electronic. And I think it was better for it. I think, yeah, AJ Cook, who is you know, big on um, uh. PC uh, music, yeah, thank you. PC music, yeah. he had a big hand on this, um, and I think th- this is this is an example on the opposite you know token, of having that variety and letting letting your guest vocalists actually take the stage a little bit, uh, like the song "Warm" with uh, Heim, kind of the, the the art the artsy indie rock trio. I thought yeah. they fit in really well with the song. Lizzo fitted super well on "Blame It on Your Love," like I thought it was just like a very like empowered, you know, love song, love anthem, and she fit in super well. But also at the end, um, "Shake It," featuring featuring Big Frida, who is like a really um, really well known, you know, drill uh, artist, and then you know, Cupcake or Cupcake. (laughs) Oh, uh, cupcake! Yeah, yeah. Who's the super you know, cup cocky? <laughs> cup I think that's because there's two K's. I <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean,
0: that—that's the joke. I know. But still. anyway,
1: so we're gonna move on. But yeah, yeah. I, I thought that like they like that was just such a fun song. Um, so, yeah, I again I felt like this it this was kind of the you know, you have the growing pains in the 2000s late 90s. Early 2010s where you just you're focused a little bit too much on four to the floor you know making. but I think that's also because of just how you know there's just the diversity of pop music and like what's popular is that there's so much I think it's a lot of it is how much more popular rap has become and like in the main... because mm. you know there's there's you know broader sounds you can do that work now on the radio. So it, by extension, you're not just trying to do the same kind of pop dance tracks, see what works. You're gonna try to, a few different things and see if one of those will catch fire. like um, mm. I'm actually a little bummed that I, I didn't listen to this sooner because I thought this was such a great such a great time. And I'm really gonna yeah, I check I, it out.
0: I really should listen to that at some point. because um, I, I do like like I, I, I haven't listened to a ton of PC music music, but like what I have listened to I've really liked. I mean, it's Sophie, obviously, but, um, yeah, it definitely, um, okay. So I'm just going to get through my, my last one and, uh, I, we, we don't leave the 1990s. This is 1999, um, <laughs> that this release came out. This is a uh, force plus form by uh surgeon. Um, oh. yeah. So Anthony child is a surgeon. He's a uh, British techno producer. Um, this is probably his best known album. Um, it's very minimal techno, but not to the point that it's like the field um, or like gas. It, it has a little more um, substance to it. And I, I, but I think part of the reason it has that substance is because um, surgeons really thinking about um, sort of movement, you know, in terms of like, when is something getting too repetitive and being able to add something, even if it's really slight and watching it just kind of spiral out into something new. Um, so like each track here is, uh, I think around 10 minutes long. It's a little more than that. So it, there's like four tracks on this thing. So it's a little, it's like a little over 40 minutes. Um, and it's really, really interesting. I, it's not my favorite thing in the world, um, to be totally honest. Um, like I even found some points that was like, why aren't, why isn't there more going on? Like, why isn't there more movement right here, but not like over here, you know? Like I, I guess some of the some of the choices I, were were just a little odd at some points, but for the most part, um, it really like I think for those people who think that techno and dance music is repetitive and doesn't have any substance to it, like I would really recommend checking this out because it's it's just, um, just proof that you know producers are thinking more about what they're doing, then most people give them credit for. Um, and I think, you know, uh, surgeon is definitely re- like, definitely, definitely. Um, just maybe the king of that. Um, I was say that there's a really, really good interview that I was listening to with him. It was um, the, the podcast is called uh, Why We Bleep. Um, really good podcast, by the way, i recommend people check that out. But um, you know, the way he talks about you know making techno and things like that he just is so indebted like he's just he's been doing it for so long i think that he just has like a second like he has a, he has a sixth sense for sort of how it works in a way and so he's just able to do some incredible things with it and it's just sort of just to hear him talk about it made me want to listen to his music so uh-huh. um yeah just really recommend people you know check this out if they think that you know techno and dance music is, is formulaic and repetitive because I think this is proof that it really isn't huh. uh, in, its, in, its, in its own special way I guess um nice. yeah yeah um, I yeah so I, I'm kind of disappointed that I didn't leave like the 90s basically uh, there like I said there, there were a lot of albums that I wanted to listen to and then there were some that I did that I just did not like um <laughs> So, yeah, but, it's you know, a, it's a learning
1: experience, you know,
0: Yeah, it, it, it is, but it is so um, let's just briefly go over um, albums of the week and then we will be off because this is, I think, our longest episode ever. So uh, probably by a long margin. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Checked, I checked the time.
1: And was surprised yeah. to see uh, it, it's it's a little up there. So what, yeah,
0: what, what, what you got for album? So
1: rounding the corner from uh, you know the 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 big album buy I had a few weeks ago, and I'm just going to be upfront. I'm going to mention Kanye, but it's in a negative light. So hopefully that dissuades it a little bit um, or assuades your concerns. This is the Blood Bank EP. By Bonnie Bear, which okay. I bought pretty cheap, and you know Lauren loves Bonnie Bear. We're trying to flesh out our collection, and so I figured I'd grab it. Uh, we're listening to it together, and she she listens to a lot of you know like Spotify playlists that you know kind of curated music for. Her. And honestly, given the type of indie folk that she likes, it's a it does a pretty damn good job. I mean, maybe maybe yeah. that's, maybe that speaks more to the kind of. The homogenization of indie folk but regardless they do a great job of, of recommending her music that she likes and a lot she knew a lot of songs in this album but we get to the last track Woods and it's a multi-layered acapella auto-tuned song
0: okay. that
1: was actually gorgeous like I I had never heard it before and it, it is just absolutely stunning except after a while i realized i had heard it before because the second to last song on my beautiful Dark of fantasy is literally this song except slightly updated (laughs) obviously Bonnie Bear is a feature on it so it's 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 kind of a quasi feature quasi remix in a way and i played it for lauren after because i was like i totally know this song and she was really upset and was like oh i hate this remix like she was just (laughs) because it just it wasn't that it was bad it just it totally it totally kind of disrupted the original intent like the first one was like a very delicate beautiful kind of he's 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 been really good at you know I have kind of a checkered past with autotune but the way he uses autotune is very creative and I mm. really I like the way he incorporates it into folktronica
0: um did, I mean did you look up to see like which came first
1: Oh yeah, this song came first.
0: Yeah, like, okay. so All right.
1: and I know I know that he's he's had. I think Bonnie Bear has been on a couple. I think he was also on Yeezus. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. I, I
0: don't know. I, I I thought he was on Life. of... No, yeah, maybe it was Yeezus. I I thought he, he was on Life of Pop. You know he, he, he,
1: he and Kanye are really tight. Um, but yeah, n- n- not anymore probably. Well, <laughs> but, yeah, you know. Um, but <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it just it was. He's done... Kanye's done that a few times. Like, uh, you know the song Panda? I got brought out in Atlanta. You know that song? No. It's, it, it was like... It was a One at Wonder trap song. And it was by, a, like, a, a rapper called Designer. And Kanye oh, West okay. literally just did that song on Life of Pablo. Like, he it just... It, it just... He starts off with, the, like, his usual auto-tune rambling. And then that song just starts. And it's like, what? What?
0: Like, why? <laughs> but... Anyway. Don't don't you get it? He's he's like you know the most important artist of the century so far. Come on, it, <laughs> okay. It, it, it's, it, it's okay if he just plagiarizes or just steals other people's music. That's okay because well. he's, you know he's the most important artist of the century, according to fucking everybody. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm not salty. No, I know. But uh, <laughs> so obviously the most
1: important thing is you know really really like the CP, especially Woods. Fantastic song. But the other takeaway I had is that I feel like this is a fantastic example to show the power of you know hip hop sampling and what hip hop does to songs, because it was very clear that you know Kanye used that song for the basis of so the original song is called Woods, this song is called Lost the World, but the effect and the way that the songs played out and the you know the way that the emotions that you drew from it were just mm. it just worlds apart. Like could not be more different. And I feel like that That is like a great example I would show people where like they're just taking a song. Like what like that doesn't take any talent. But the way like utilizing it in a different way, putting it in a different context, it just it can totally like if you listen to the songs back to back, you you can recognize, you know, the overlap, but just the like the total divergence in emotion is it's just you can't you can't ignore it. Um so mm. and I, I mean I, I like both songs I, I've you know I like My Beautiful Doctors and Fantasy I think it's incredibly overrated but I, I, I still think it's good like I think it's a yeah. good album I just think that it's it's way there it is not a perfect album like there are plenty of plenty of I take plenty of issues with it um yeah but in any case right. yeah in any
0: case that's my album with, or by EP of the week <laughs> alright well uh it's funny, because I, if we're working with, like, kind of, like, you know, indie folk kind of verging into, like, kind of avant-garde a little bit, I mean, experimental kind of, I mean, I know Bonnie Iver gets a little weird when it comes to, um, uh, oh, what's the name of that album now? God, I love the too. and I can't remember the name of it. Um, 33 a million, right? Or is it 22 mm-hmm. a million? God, it's, I, it's, 22 million yeah. it's 22 a million, yeah. 22 a million, but anyway, um... This is uh, a different Avon Folk album that came long before this, and it is uh, Star Sailor by Tim Buckley. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. I, I, have you listened to it by any chance? Uh, I think I listened to it once a while ago and really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, of, yeah. I, I, I managed it because I, I for a long time I think it's been out of print, but I don't know. I, I think they just reissued it. So um, I snatched that thing up. And it is so friggin' good. It is, like, I mean, I, I listened to this, like, once before and just adored it. And just for years, I just haven't bought it because it was so expensive. And just seeing it, like, new at, like, Bulimus, so I was just like, yep, yep, getting this, too bad, bye. Yeah. <laughs> <know? laughs> but just, like, I I love this album. This is, like, one of my favorite albums ever. Like, I just think it is just so out there and weird and yet so full of, like, soul at the same time it, it's it's just it's fucking great it, it, it is just an amazing amazing album and i, I think they describe it on wikipedia is like he basically erases all like semblance to folk music <laughs> with, with this album and it's like yep yeah, that's very much true because i you cannot hear anything even to do with folk on this thing mm. um maybe that's why i like it so much i don't know <laughs> but anyway super super recommend it really really good um all right we 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 definitely need to get going so okay uh we will be back next week thank you so much Bye-bye. bye 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 Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, We're on all of it. Uh, If you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow
1: us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions,
0: anything like that. Uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at at Podcast on Twitter and our email, I think, is Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.